Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on the ESPN app. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Randy Scott filling in for the guys today. You can tweet to us. At Randy Scott ESPN, that's him. At Amber W Sports, that's me. You can also join the conversation. Give us a call in the CC call in line. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We have obviously been talking a ton about the Deshaun Watson news. We now have a definitive answer. The NFL, NFLPA, and Deshaun Watson have all agreed on a suspension, an 11-game suspension, a $5 million fine. Deshaun Watson will be back with the Cleveland Browns under center week 13, playing against the Houston Texans as all goes according to plan. We will get back into the Deshaun Watson conversation plenty throughout today's show, but we want to take a little break from that and turn our attention to baseball because The Yanks stunned the Rays with a Josh Donaldson's walk-off grand slam in the 10th last night. Here is what that sounded like on the Yes Network. Donaldson could end it right here. High fly ball, deep right, going back to Rosarena. See ya! A walk-off grand slam for Josh Donaldson. And the Yankees pull victory from the jaws of defeat. What a big win for the New York Yankees. So let's bring in the voice that matters for all things Yankees. Michael K, the Michael K show on 98.7 ESPN. Yes, Network, K-Rod on ESPN. And Michael, thanks so much for joining us. How much did the Yankees need that? Oh, wow. They, they needed it a lot. You know, you don't want to say that a game in, in mid-August is a must win. And the Yankees certainly have a very healthy lead, but just for their state of mind, uh, for them to lose that game would have been awful. Uh, and, you know, if they lost it, you know, it, terrible. But the way they won it is probably bigger for them than if they had lost it, if that makes sense. So if they lost it, well, they got to come back tonight against the Toronto Blue Jays, which they start a four-game set, and try to right themselves. But the fact that they won it in such dramatic fashion uh, and off the bat of a guy who's really struggled in his home games this year and was really starting to get booed, it looked like the fans were shifting – their uh, animosity toward him after Joey Gallo was traded. I think uh, it was gigantic for Josh Donaldson and a really big win for the Yanks. It was backyard baseball stuff, Michael, as we're, as we're, you know, dialing up, hey, you're down three extra innings, bases loaded. That's stuff that kids do growing up when you're lobbing a ball in the air and hitting it yourself. From a broadcaster perspective, though, to sit there and say Donaldson can win it right here and then it's gone when that moment happens for you, and I know it's happened other times in your career, what's that like from where you're sitting? You know what? I haven't even considered it, um, Randy, until you just said it. Uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even know. I mean, I just didn't have a feeling that anything good was going to happen. I mean, I've just I've sat here over the last two weeks and seen this team just slog through everything. So yeah. when, the, when the Rays scored three runs in the top of the 10th, I figured it was over. And even after the Yankees – loaded the bases, and the way Donaldson has not performed in New York, yeah, uh, I didn't really think it was going to happen. So I just casually said he could end it now. 
and then, you know, I guess he ends up making me look good, but uh, <laughs> he deserves all the credit. I just opened my mouth. <laughs> Michael K, the Michael K show on 98.7 ESPN. If that's just you opening your mouth, it's going pretty well for you, Michael, because obviously an <laughs> unbelievable call. But, you know, there's been a lot made about this skid right now for the Yanks this month. How about within the organization? Do you think that's more fan and media fodder? Are the players cool? Or do you think that they themselves also needed this from last night to get that boost? Oh, I think they needed it. I mean, publicly they'll say, you know, we're fine. There's no worries. But, you know, the bottom line, Amber, is the thing that uh, really stopped them from totally panicking is that they jumped out to this great lead over the first two and a half months. So they're kind of playing with the lead that they had. And it really hasn't dipped to the point where you'd get nervous. So I think that that has alleviated some of the stress. But, you know, there were, there were not smiles in the, in the clubhouse the last couple of days. And, you know, Aaron Boone has a, a great equanimity about himself, and that's one of his strengths as a manager. But you could see it was starting to get to him as well. And, you know, this team has a high payroll. They've got a lot of stars. And, you know, after the way they started out, and everybody was talking about them maybe breaking the Mariners' record of 116 wins, and yeah. and now they're barely on pace to win 100 games. So yeah, I think they were feeling it. I really do. I, it was not, it was not just a media-driven thing. And and you know what? They heard it too. So they really went on the skids on the last road trip. And since they've come home, the Boo Birds have been out. They they actually booed Aaron Hicks really out of the starting lineup. You know, he's not in the lineup again today. Wasn't there yesterday. Wasn't there the day before. He has performed so poorly. So uh, the bottom line is losing hurts, no matter if you have a big lead or not, because this team has high aspirations to win a World Series. And when you play the way they have over the last month or so, you're not going to win a World Series playing like that. No, and you you look at the bullpen, and you mentioned it at the the top of the segment here where you said it's not just that they won. It's where the focus would have been if they lost, because you go back to the top half of that 10th inning, and Francisco Mejia you know, up against the world of Chapman, who's still dialing up 101. You know, he can still he can still you know dial up triple digits on the fastball, but no one seemingly is fooled by it. I know he'd been throwing a little bit better of late as Clay Holmes had been struggling, but that's where the focus would have been. It would have been on the bullpen again. And last night doesn't solve the bullpen. I guess it sort of masks it. What's been the biggest issue at the back end of games here? Well, they they don't have anybody to close, Randy. I mean. Yeah. You know, once once Holmes hits the skids, then then they've got to like maneuver. You know, they got to mix and match, and I think that's what they're going to do. I, I got the sense that before yesterday's game, because Chapman seemingly had worked out his issues and had pitched nine really good appearances in a row without allowing a run, that you know he was going to ascend to the closer role again. But then yesterday, it all fell apart, and I think that one of his issues, if you're going to bring him in in extra innings, that means that he's coming in with a guy on second base. And he is yeah. not good at holding runners. I think he gets distracted. Yeah. Uh, so maybe the Yankees learn from that, and they just bring him in the start innings in the ninth. But uh, I, I think they've really gained a lot of uh, faith in Scott Efros, uh, the, the pitcher they got from the Cubs. They like Ron Marinaccio as well. Trevino has struggled the last couple of games. And, you know, Holmes is on the uh, IL for another 14 days. So that's going to be an issue. Yeah, I think you said it best. That Grand Slam masks some problems because – they really don't have a, a real closer right now. And, I mean, how many teams win the World Series without a guy who – that's the guy who's going to pitch yeah. the ninth inning. I mean, I know that the uh, the analytical group, they would love to have – you know, you just pitch the guy in the most important part, the best pitcher, and if that's the seventh inning, then pitch him then. But it takes a different sort of stomach to get the last three outs. I've seen it 
over 31 years announcing for this team. Yeah. And maybe everybody in New York has been spoiled because of Rivera. But right now, they do not have a closer. The Michael K from the Michael K Show on 98.7 ESPN. Yes, Network. K-Rod on ESPN. You all know him very well. Michael, thanks so much for joining us. Anytime, guys. Thanks so much. Coming up next here on Canty and Carlin with Amber Wilson and Randy Scott filling in for the guys. We couldn't help but notice not just when, but who Deshaun Watson will return against. We will get into that next. This is ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to Canteen Carlin, Amber Wilson, and Randy Scott filling in for the guys. The big breaking news out of the NFL today is that we do have a resolution as it pertains to Deshaun Watson's suspension. The NFL and the NFLPA reached a settlement where Deshaun Watson's disciplinary matter now has concluded in an 11-game suspension and a $5 million fine. He also must undergo a mandatory evaluation by behavioral experts and follow their suggested treatment program. Watson's fine and contributions from both the NFL and the Browns of $1 million each will create a fund to support nonprofit organizations in the U.S. that educate young people on healthy relationships, promote education and prevention of sexual misconduct and assault, support survivors, and related causes, the NFL said in announcing the settlement earlier today. So Randy and I have been reacting to the news all show long. We will continue to do so. You can give us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Now we're getting statements, Randy, from mm-hmm. several different parties as it pertains to the Deshaun Watson resolution. The Cleveland Rape Crisis Center said in a statement to ESPN that it stands with those who have been hurt by Deshaun Watson. While traditional avenues of criminal justice may have failed his accusers, today's NFL and NFLPA settlement of increased punishment is a step towards validating their experiences. Healing comes to survivors in many forms. They went on to say that they applaud anytime resources are dedicated to the prevention of sexual violence in order to eradicate rape and sexual assault. We must hold sex offenders in the systems and institutions, enabling them accountable. 
this is an increased suspension for Deshaun Watson. I mean, significantly so, right? Five more games is a significant increase in suspension. $5 million, Randy. I don't know if people realize this is the biggest fine in NFL history levied against a player. No player had even had a $1 million fine before Deshaun Watson. So a lot of people, of course, it's easy to point to $230 million and say it's a small percentage of what Deshaun Watson is worth and what he will continue to be worth in the future. But if you consider the precedent in the NFL up to this point, this is actually a very hefty fine, like none we've ever seen before. And an increase in a suspension that the NFL was pursuing, Randy, which in the past, a very different system again, because the NFL would just levy its suspension and then it would be the player trying to reduce the suspension. And then the NFL would finally agree to a reduction here. We've gotten an increase in both. Yeah, no, we we have, and we had to have it. We had to have it in this case. The NFL had to have it from a PR standpoint. Uh, The NFL had to have it because you could say you could take the Pollyanna approach and say the NFL knew that it wasn't enough and wanted to get to the root of doing the right thing, do the closest thing to the right thing as was possible in this. And if that's the goal, if the goal is to send a message to anyone, you know, uh, considering running afoul of the personal conduct policy to this degree, you could say 24 times if you want to equate it to what Deshaun Watson uh, was accused and ultimately in the initial Sue Robinson finding found found guilty in the NFL's eyes of violating the personal conduct policy in the way that he did. Um, they failed. They failed today. They 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 failed with how they are returning Deshaun Watson to society. They are, to their NFL society. They failed. They have him coming back against the very team that he submarined last season against a very team that settled thirty of its own cases stemming from the Deshaun Watson matter. They settled their side of things, the Houston Texans did. And now in a made-for-TV moment, that's when Deshaun Watson comes back. 11 games is not a round number. 11 games is not, you know, 12 or 16 or 10 and even flat 10. And you could make the argument from a PR standpoint, from an optic standpoint, it would have been better for Deshaun Watson to get 10 games. It's double-digit games. He comes back week 11 against the Buffalo Bills. It's not a division opponent. It's a 1 o'clock game. It's on the road. You get to handle it that way. A lot of the same things that the Houston Texans game is, okay? The Houston Texans game, not a division game. It's an away game. There's no home cheering. There's no sickening, you know, sound-up optics where, you know, the dog pound or whomever is out there in Cleveland and just giving him a standing. The same people who've been clamoring for his autograph at training camp are out there giving him a standing ovation. No, he comes back in this contrived, look who he's going. We are reuniting the exes here. You know, this is this colossally divorced couple, and now they have to reunite and they have to play play against each other on national TV. This is the area of it that the NFL could control, where they had some measure of of, of fingerprinting upon what happened because they could not. You cannot blame the NFL for what Deshaun Watson did or is accused of doing or what the NFL found him guilty of. You can't blame the NFL. That is one man doing this. You cannot control the Browns in terms of the contract that they gave him, making him the highest guaranteed money you know, contract in NFL history. You can't control that, okay? That's one franchise doing this and showing a pattern of behavior, quite frankly, considering what they did with Kareem Hunt. But that is something that one franchise did. This is what the NFL could control. They could control how Deshaun Watson came back on a playing surface in its league, and they chose to do it in a way that is gross, that is stomach-turning. It's a made-for-TV moment. Baker Mayfield's going to go against his former team 
uh, Carolina Panthers, you know, against the Browns. Russell Wilson's going to go against his former team, the Seahawks. They're not accused of doing what Deshaun Watson did. This is not the same as those two things. This is not, wow, the NFL schedule makers got it right. That's not what today was at all, Amber. Well, you said it. It's a made-for-TV moment, right? And so if you wanted to be a cynic and you wanted to be a conspiracy theorist, you could wonder if the NFL really minds this scenario all that much where he's coming back against his former team because the reality is, Randy, that there's going to be a whole lot of eyeballs on that game on December 4th when the Browns take on the Texans. For all the wrong reasons, that is going to be a heavily watched game. Any game he came back, would be a heavily watched game because of the controversy that now is going to surround him for the rest of his career, but also because of the caliber of quarterback he is coming back after such a long period of time not playing football in any starting capacity during the regular season. But then also now you add the Texans to the mix, and let's be real, that is going to be a heavily watched game. I I know we're over. I know we're long, and I know that's my fault. It's a made-for-TV moment if the TV show is Law & Order SVU. That's that's what we're talking about here. This level of contrived drama is for a show where we cannot lose sight of what the underlying drama is in this, what the underlying antagonist in, in the actions are. That's 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 my point. That's my point. They controlled when when he could have come back and they're choosing to do it this way. They could have controlled it, although that this is the result of negotiations. So we do have to keep that in mind as well, right? Because this yeah. has been the result of weeks of negotiations. And don't forget these parties. It's actually months because these parties were negotiating before Sue L. Robinson issued her decision. Now, it seems like uh-huh. Watson's camp in the NFLPA had an indication that the punishment she was going to levy wasn't going to be nearly what the NFL wanted. And so they probably weren't as motivated to settle at that point. But once Roger Goodell designates Peter C. Harvey, They know that he at least gives the appearance of being friendly to the NFL because of the past relationship there between Peter C. Harvey and the NFL. I think the concern for Watson's camp and for the NFLPA was if we don't settle, what could this look like and what does this mean ultimately? And we're going to have a hard time challenging this in federal court. Plus, it's going to cost us millions of dollars in attorney's fees and everything else when instead we could kind of just agree here and also get the story to stop. And then, of course, Randy, there's the other component of this as well. If Deshaun Watson's camp had challenged it in federal court and had been successful at all, or this had dragged on for a long period of time, which we know sometimes these things do, then are you punting on the remainder of a suspension or even the entirety of a suspension for Deshaun Watson into a contract year next year where you're talking about him being owed over $40 million in salary whereas this year he's only owed one million. Another little one of those gross-looking optics yeah. when it comes to this situation, but also one of the reasons that Watson might have been more willing to settle here and get this done in a finite period of time. It does look bad. I don't know who would have wanted to come back for the Texans game. I don't know if it's Watson. I don't know if it's the NFL. I don't know if it's anybody. I don't know if they really considered the schedule when they settled on 11 games, if that was a paramount consideration or not. But optics-wise... It certainly looks pretty bad uh, for everybody involved. Although, again, uh, there will probably be a lot of eyeballs on that game. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Randy Scott filling in for the guys. When we come back, we will continue the Deshaun Watson settlement conversation all throughout the show. Plus the latest on the Super Bowl champs and their quarterback 
concerns. Don't forget, he is dealing with chronic elbow issues. Matt Stafford, it wasn't a problem last season. Is it going to be a problem this season? This is ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No first round draft picks, no problem for the Los Angeles Rams. At least that was the story of the Rams last season. Is it going to be the story this season? This is Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson and Randy Scott filling in for the guys. Canty and Carlin is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So let's talk about these Los Angeles Rams. Randy, shall we? Kirk Morrison. He is the Rams pre and post game analyst and Kirk. Thanks so much for joining us. We obviously know about these Matthew Stafford elbow injuries. A lot's been made out of training camp that these are, you know, chronic pain. They didn't really have a solution, but obviously he played through it and won a Super Bowl just fine last season. What is the level of concern at this point in the preseason surrounding Stafford's injury? You know, I'm going to be honest with you. It's been sort of the story of training camp, right? Here's a team coming off of a Super Bowl win, like you mentioned, and yet the, the story has been about his elbow in which he completed the season last year, took his team to the Super Bowl. Now, look, they're managing his workload, but he's been out at practice the last couple of days in terms of, you know, the 11-on-11 the 11 11 work. Before, he was just doing minimal work, 7-on-7, seven seven individual. Now they've sort of ratcheted up a little bit, and his elbow's been able to take it. So it's honestly – it's a story because when you hear, uh, you know, sort of like a major league baseball pitcher, when you hear like a pitcher's elbow, the first thing you do is like, oh, my God, what may happen? Because we've seen pitchers, you know, have to, especially in Los Angeles, Walker Buehler, guy who's going to be out for the season now for the Dodgers. And so in Los Angeles, yes, it's concerned when you hear the word elbow on a thrower, whether it's a pitcher or a quarterback. But overall, it looks like everything's okay and for the most part, you know, Matthew Stafford spoke to the media this week as well and told us, hey, I'm okay. I'm fine. It's something that I can work through, but he's a tough guy, and I think no concern right now. He, it, one thing to be tough, it's another thing to sort of get acclimated with some of his newer weapons here, and, and one of them is is Allen Robinson. And we looked at the numbers that Cooper Cup put up last year. We know what he's capable of, but I think some of that was the fact that Robert Woods got hurt and was out for so long. Is it better long-term, I guess, for the Rams if Cup has – Worse numbers this year, but it means that Allen Robinson is more involved with Stafford in the offense. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to have worse numbers. I think man, oh. here's a guy who had one of the best seasons we had ever seen almost in NFL history. You know, a guy who almost had the receiving yardage record that Calvin Johnson still holds. I think one of the things that you really have to think about is that last year the Rams acquired Odell Beckham Jr. And think about the that Odell Beckham had. So I think acclimating himself to the offense, Allen Robinson and the chemistry that he'll develop 
you know, with Matthew Stafford, I think it's going to be a situation where the Rams are going to be able to disperse the football even more. I mean, Robert Woods is a, was a really good receiver for the Rams, but I think that they've elevated that, that wide receiving group by adding Allen Robinson to go with Cooper Cup. And then you got to think about their third wide receiver, who's Van Jefferson, who had an unbelievable uh, postseason last year. They got a couple of up and coming guys who will rotate at that third, fourth wide receiver a little bit. So I think the Rams' passing attack is going to be, can I say, better than it was a year ago? Dare I say that? Dare you say that, Kirk Morrison, Rams pre- and post-game analyst joining us here on KNT and Carlin. So Robert Woods is now a Tennessee Titan. You mentioned they do, of course, have Robinson Cup, Van Jefferson. They don't have Odell Beckham Jr., though, which was another name that you did throw in there. Or do they? Kirk, is there still room on this roster for OBJ? Well, I mean, we'll see what happens within a season. You never know what may happen. You know, you think about last year when they acquired – Odell Beckham Jr., it was sort of a necessity. I mean, not a, sorry, it was a luxury, a luxury pickup. They didn't need Odell Beckham Jr. last year. Then they signed him, and then what happened? A week later, Ray lose Robert Woods for the year. So a luxury became a need, and then he acclimated himself. It took about, you know, three weeks to a month. But by the time December came, he was, you know, fully, you know, engulfed in the offense, and the offense really took off and it led them to a Super Bowl. That being said, I think it's sort of a wait-and-see approach when it comes to Odell Beckham Jr., only because the Rams have, I think, enough receivers right now, and Odell is not 100%. He's not ready to go. We'll see, you know, about October, November, where this wide receiving core is. I think he still be available, but I think right now it, it's not necessarily, again, a need for the Rams at the moment. All right, we're talking with Kirk Morrison. I want to point out former Raider. I just want to get that on the table. No, but we don't talk enough about the Raiders on this show. But Rams re and post game analysts. Let's talk about the running back position. Sean McVay likes a by committee approach, and he's got Cam Akers and he's got Daryl Henderson. But now Akers, who's working his way back from injury, has what's being called a soft tissue injury, and they say it's a precaution. That's why they're keeping him out. What more can you tell us there about a guy a lot of people, both in the fantasy community and X's and O's, all 22 football, are really excited about for this season? Well, I think it's going to be a, a running back by committee. Remember, the Rams didn't have Cam Akers at this time a year ago. Right. They were still trying to find who was going to be their running back outside of Daryl Henderson. And, you know, basically, Sony Michelle falls in their lap. You know, he's traded from the Patriots over and then became one of their lead backs through parts of the season. And then Cam Akers obviously returned for the playoff run. And so I think you're going to see a similar approach when it comes to the Rams in terms of Cam Akers being your lead back, Daryl Henderson being sort of a complimentary back. But then they also drafted Kyron Williams, a running back out of Notre Dame. So they're going to have their choice of running backs to play. And I think they all bring something different. They all bring a different element to the game. And so now you have someone who can spell a Cam Akers. He doesn't have to have the entire workload, but – you know, soft tissue injuries, you do want to be a little cautious because those can tend to linger throughout the season. But I think that they will look, disperse the football well with all three backs, maybe even more. I like Jake Funk. He's like the fourth running back. So they've got a bunch of guys they can give the ball to, guys who can be in every single play. And I think that's one of the big things right now currently about the Rams is that it doesn't have to be just one guy running the football. Kirk Morrison, he does the pre and post for the Los Angeles Rams. Kirk, thanks so much for joining us. Well, you got it. Anytime. Coming up next here on Canteen Carlin, Matthew Stafford's not the only one in Los Angeles dealing with an elbow injury. Wait until you hear how one Dodgers employee suffered a broken wrist. That's next. This is ESPN Radio.
We are seeing historic numbers in terms of television deals, Randy Scott, and we just saw our latest with the Big Ten. The Big Ten announced today a new seven-year media rights deal with CBS, Fox, and NBC that begins July 1st, 2023, runs through the 2029-2030 season. It's a multi-platform agreement. It's believed to be the largest in the history of college athletics. Industry sources are saying something like a record $1.2 billion annually collegiate sports. Randy Scott, they certainly pay. Uh, yeah, they do. $7 billion. And uh, the thing that stood out to me was the confluence, the sort of merging of SEC fans and Big Ten fans today because for so long the SEC has held this sort of proprietary uh, hold on CBS in terms of their Saturdays in the fall. The 330 game is always LSU and Florida or Alabama and Tennessee, you know, and it's it's steeped in tradition. And the song that CBS uses for that game, I don't know if we're allowed am I do I get in trouble if I if I sing it? It's an instru- it's an instrumental so I can Air sing it. Right? Side of caution. All right, so I'm just gonna bum 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 na, na, na. That's all I'm gonna say. All right. You're not gonna get in trouble because I, I, hope I mean not. Well, it also, I mean, uh, maybe not your best. He might get in trouble just for singing Listen, in general. Well, I'm, that's what I was going to say. We're gonna I mean, ask, some, somebody might be upset just from you singing. Quick free, that's good. That's nice. Quick free association. Okay, just Dogs quick. Are barking we're going to ask and answer the, the songs. Songbird of a generation? Yes. Was that my best effort? No, but I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to get fined. Okay, I'm here so I don't get fined is my point. And so for the CBS song to come out, and they put that on Twitter today, and they said, what, you know, welcome to the family or whatever it was to the Big Ten. And they had this whole slick produced minute and a half thing where they it was sort of a sizzle reel for every school in the Big Ten. And they had that song playing in the background. SEC fans acted like someone went into their house and took down their frame posters of their favorite college coaches in history. Like it was it was bad. They took it personally, Amber. I'm looking as an yeah, SEC girl. I, I was going to say it. It is a tradition as, as a Gator. I get it. Uh, so I understand <laughs> the feeling there. But yeah, you're right. This deal spans five linear networks, the Big Ten, FS1. Uh, I mean, they have all sorts of new programming coming, uh, college football games, obviously, on both Fox and CBS. They're going to be affected with those noon games, those 3.30 games. It's a bit of a shakeup. Randy, I do think we'll adjust. Like, I do understand the SEC fan because it's jarring. This is how you're yeah. used to consuming the product, and you're used to feeling like that is your moment and your time and your song, not – Randy Scott's edition of that song, but like the actual original version of that song. But I think that we'll probably adjust because ultimately football is still football. (laughs) Canty and Carlin is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Randy Scott filling in for the guys. So a Los Angeles Dodgers television reporter, Randy, was injured uh, and not injured, you know, via baseball or anything that would be happening on the field of play. But he was injured because he decided to go down Bernie's chalet. And that resulted into crashing into padding at the end that ends up breaking his wrist and ribs. Now, crashing into padding sounds soft. If you pull up the video online, it doesn't look soft. I can tell you that. Uh, it looks very uncomfortable. And apparently it's because of the way that he landed with his arm like tucked against the padding. And so not only did it manage to break his wrist, but it also crushed his ribs, Randy. Do you think it's worth it to have gotten to go down Bernie Chalet? Uh, 
No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Cracked ribs at, at his age, and I'm not calling him old or out of shape or anything, but just at, at that age, like, it, it, he's going to feel that the rest of his life. Like, he's going to feel that on every deep breath, every twisted movement. Like, cracked ribs are a serious deal. And he cracked, like you said, cracked several of them, and he, his own wrist sort of broke his fall. It was like, um, Amber, you know those, uh, like, gymnastics mats? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a thin, it's kind of a firmer mat, and it was vertical, Right, so it's like not, it's perpendicular to the floor. It's very close to the end of the slide, and he hit it at a at an angle and at a speed where his arm was between his ribs and the wall. So basically, like in one move, his wrist broke because of the impact that it put on its ribs, which also broke. It was yeah. a perfect storm. Yeah, I don't under- understand how this doesn't happen to Bernie Brewer. Was in a mascot like, suit. It, it seems right. Like this is, you know, this is the the slide that Bernie the Brewer, Brewer Bernie Brewer mm-hmm. uh, goes down at Milwaukee games, and I I don't really understand how this hasn't resulted in more injuries, but I guess it is the padding that is around a mascot generally. So maybe you'd be okay if you were actually in the costume. Uh, I want nothing to do with this. Uh, I I mean I, I credit David Vassa, I believe. Uh, was his name right I credit him for doing it uh, taking the leap uh, anything for TV but yeah. I'm not big into slides like slides can miss me Randy what? Scott like sli- like water Hold slides on. all of it what you're not a water slide fan oh goodness no one time I was doing I was hosting for Carnival Cruise Lines I was doing these like, v- vacation videos for Carnival Cruise Lines they sure. hired me to you know be a host for some of their content okay many many moons ago early in my career Randy Scott uh-huh. and I had to go down one of their water slides on one of their ships because they sent me to Italy to film some of these videos and they were a debuting their one of their new huge ships uh-huh. and i had to go down a water slide that was on one of these ships but they didn't i was the only person on the ship so they didn't actually have the hot water turned on it was just cold water which it was like 30 degrees outside so this mm-hmm. water was like one degree but i had to act like it was summer and it was fun like you'd want to be on a cruise ship mm-hmm. even though it was freezing and that is the one and only time i sold my soul and went on a water slide otherwise i avoid them like the plague but i was being paid to do it so yeah. i did it I've never known someone so actively avoid fun uh, with the choices that they make in their lives. And it, it does remind me of the first job that I had where I was making $16,500 living in Lawton, Oklahoma, uh, in a one-bedroom one apartment where the official wake-up every day was the Fort Sill Artillery Range, which was mm. within sound distance. It's kind of the same as having your own cruise ship in Italy early in your career for a full job, <laughs> where the water might have been a pinch or a skosh too chilly. Um, so, yeah, our careers, did they take similar paths that led us to this convergence on ESPN Radio on a Thursday in August in the year 2022? Probably. Well, that's but why I'm you're just, a sports center anchor, yeah. uh, and I'm just I'm just sitting here uh, just, on Canty and Carlin. Right. right? I, I haven't made it to sports center yet. Oh, if yeah. I had also started where you started, maybe I, I would be on sure. sports center by now, but Hubs, I decided to go to Italy. Yeah, and Hubs is going to get the boat in the water later. So my <laughs> thing eventually becomes uh, when the telethon is for you. You know, how do we pass the hat? I, you, I, I listen. Uh, it, it, things are very hard over down here <laughs> in Florida. Um, you know, where it's it's very sunny outside and beautiful all year round. Uh-huh. But there are slides. I mean, there's yeah, lots everywhere. of water parks in this state, which is a hardship since water parks are terrifying to That's me. Good. I'm not a daredevil generally. Like, I am good. Like, I don't, like, I'm good. I don't need to jump out of an airplane. Like, I've been in airplanes. I've been on the ground. I've mm-hmm. seen the vantage point. I'm good. I don't need to defy death uh, any more than I already yeah. have in my life. So, like, I, I'm big into living. Is there big anything 
big into living. I'm a big fan of it. Is there anything that you would do that is dangerous but is bucket list for you? Because I imagine yeah. that going down Bernie Chalet, Bernie Chalet was bucket list for this Dodgers reporter. It was apparently. That's why they gave him such a hard time on the broadcast. And by the way, Joe Davis and Nomar Garciaparra were ruthless. To this well, dude. I, presumably like, they didn't realize that he was actually mm, injured until after the fact. Okay. Well, okay, yeah. They were but they were definitely like they were like, he's fine, and then he pops up and he's got a like a his <laughs> arm on. in a sling. Yeah. Like um, sticks it to them. I like that you're like so I would jump out of an airport. I would skydive for sure. Um that's, would you? Well then why Yeah, not? that's not the bucket list thing. Uh well my now ex wife uh told me that I couldn't back in the day, but well, now now it's know, a new day, Randy Scott's life. Doors have she opened did, up, yeah. Uh, but she I get have it. the control anymore. <laughs> you're you're like I'm not looking to get wicked with it and defy gravity. Hold for applause, hold for applause. Um, my thing is there's a mountain. It's it's okay. We talked about this in the pre-show. There's a, there's something in Seward, Alaska, Fourth of July every year for the last 94 years. It's called the Mountain Marathon Race, and you're like, oh, you mean one of these guys who runs a marathon and puts a sticker on his SUV and won't stop shutting up about it? No, because it's. It's really a 5K. You start in the center of town. You run a short distance to the base of a mountain, literally the base of Mount Seward. You run up the face of Mount Seward and then down again. And it total is about yeah, 5K, so three miles and change. And it is the most dangerous marathon, the most dangerous road race in the country. It is also the most popular road race in the country. The bibs sell out like... You know, Britney Spears tickets in the 90s. Like, they just, just, that's, you know, like Rachel was making equivalents to her own musical interests before the show. And she was like, this is like Spice Girls in the 90s. And I was like, that's a good pull, Ray Ray. And it's like that. They sell out so quickly, despite the fact that a man died doing this race in 2012. He's 66 years old. He just went missing. Because what you have to deal with are crevasses i mean like glaciers you have to deal with massive boulders people fall break ribs all the time it's it, also incredibly steep i'm looking at pictures of it right yes, now but so like beautiful. as you're running down it you're going to tumble potentially all yeah. the way down this mountain i don't understand but there's the animals. attraction of humans there's bears there are bears and that's what they're worried about what happened to the 66 year old back in 2012 is that he kind of went off course ever so slightly and a bear uh, I, can't we just guy. leave the bears alone? Like, they're just trying to live on this mountain. And then there's yeah. these humans that are just silly enough to try to run up it for, for no reason. Or derv trains. Other they than look, to be able to say that you did it. They look forward no, to I'm the good. I have, I have no interest in this. Well, this is pure what's your, silliness. What's your most dangerous sports-adjacent bucket list item? Considering now your appetite for injury, it's probably like, I want to try cotton <laughs> candy. None. I didn't even play sports growing up, Randy Scott. People are always shocked by that because of what I do for a living. I'm like, no, I watched the heck out of them, though. I was so good at watching them. And that's what I'm comfortable doing. Uh, I'm No, there's no part of me that's physically daring in any way. Like, the most dangerous things I've ever done is, like, I don't know, ridden motorcycles. And I wouldn't do All that right. now that I have a child. Uh, that's about it. What about, okay, Gators <laughs> win. What about the Gators win the national title? And uh, you get a gator tattoo. That's dangerous. I have dangerous. no tattoo. Oh, a gator tattoo. Yet. Uh, that's, Yet. Uh, that's a lot of commitment. You know, I mean, the gators and I have been in this relationship for my entire life, but I was born into it. I mean, quite literally, everybody in my family went there, but yeah. still a lot of commitment. Just trying you to know, think of danger here. What is it uh, like? That's... What about sledding down that, that muddy hill at the Little League World Series? Would you do oh, that? Oh, no, no, no. I get nervous <laughs> sledding, period. I mean, oh snow, ultimately. I went on, like, a baby hill with my three-year-old son uh, this past winter in Colorado. Like, I uh-huh. was far more scared than him. That's so, I, I mean, it was, like, literally a baby yeah. hill. So, yeah, Colorado. Not Italy, but, like, Colorado. <laughs> 
She's like slum it a little bit. I was slumming it a little bit, but then day. don't worry. We went back to Italy last August. So that was <laughs> but uh, yeah, we were slumming it in Colorado. You yeah. know, sometimes apparently you want to slum it in Alaska, uh, there are but other also people on this cruise ship test uh, test death and your mortality while you're slumming it in Alaska. So I'll fun. watch you if you ever do this, but this is pure stupidity. More Canty and Carlin. We'll get a lot smarter coming up <laughs> next.